What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Martinez, as always. And in this episode, I sit down with president and co-founder of SCC Tech, Kevin Van Loon. Kevin sent me a bottle of this new chain lube SCC Slick about four months ago, and I love the stuff. So I wanted to find out more about it. Kevin explains, uh, he really, we dive into kind of how the company started what's in this chain lube that makes it different from other chain lubes, um, application process, what to expect as far as longevity, um, changes from your old chain lube. I loved it. I learned a lot and I love this chain lube. I'm going to run it for a while. It just really changes, uh, takes a lot of, I don't know, eliminates time. I don't have to think about wet lube, dry lube, applying lube after every ride. This stuff, uh, you know, my drive chain's cleaner, it's shifting smoother, it's quieter, you're never going to hear a squeaky dry sounding chain, which is awesome because that's pretty annoying. Love it. I really enjoyed this podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it as well. And thank you guys so much for listening. Question, comments, concerns, just want to just write in, say hello, sandstonecycles at gmail.com or Facebook, Instagram, visit our website and, uh, be happy to hear from you guys. Okay. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Pedal a bike. That's so good. I felt that long. That's crazy, man. So, uh, yeah, we'll jump into this. You're running a business. First thing I was going to ask you is what does SCC stand for? Uh, it stands for Silent Clean Cool. Um, okay. My business partner uh, came up with that because he was just trying to think of, like, what is it that you want a lubricant to do and effectively you want it to keep your product any sort of metal on metal contact areas silent and then you also want it to be able to clean and then you don't want any sort of high heat friction so cool so that's how he came up with SCC and we just kind of said well let's stick with that and brand it and um, so we called the business the business itself is called SCC Tech Bike uh-huh. and then um, the product itself is SCC Slick uh-huh. and yeah, so that's uh, dude, that's cool. So, did you guys um, why chain lube? What why 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 did you guys go into this? And um, did, did you guys just see a empty a need for it in that market, or did you guys just have something and you're like, dude, we got something here, let's sell it? Uh, how how did the business come about? So I was actually working at a big investment bank, and my boss at the time, uh, Len. Uh, came to me and he's like, hey, I've been working on this lube. Uh, he wanted to design something for, because he's ex-military, he wanted to design something around guns. But I guess he just doesn't have the, the success in the gun market, especially at this kind of grassroots level. It was, just wasn't working for him. Yeah. Um, he's like, do you want to see if there's a chain application for it? 
so it gave me a bottle um, and it I, the second I opened the bottle in my garage and I have a two car garage it's pretty big like I had to throw open the garage doors run out of the garage because it smelled so bad <laughs> after I hit probably about that 10th link I was like oh and it was just thick um, and so it went on like glue and it just smelled bad when I finally came back in and kind of wiped my chain down I mean, it ran well enough um, it was fine uh, but I came back to work and you know I just said you know this this could be the best working stuff in the world, but as bad as it smells, there's no way somebody in a 10 by 10 workshop is gonna throw this on their bike. Like, yeah. it just smells just horrible. And he's like, you know, with a weapon, I guess you only use one or two drops total as yeah. we're on a chain, you know, it's a little different. Um, but to his credit, you know, he kind of followed me around, you know, saying, hey, try this version, try this version. And he'd just take notes on everything I was telling him. And I didn't even know he was taking the notes. I'd just be like, yeah, this sucks, this this is cool, this is kind of a pain in the ass, and um, he just kept coming back with rendition and rendition. So to his credit, like, he's the one that got it to where it was. Um, and then where I really kind of fell in love with it personally was um, I put it on my bike, um, rode the point-to-point -point in Park City, which is, I, know, I think it's something like 80-something miles, single track the whole time, pretty technical. Oh, man, and but that's an awesome race. It's fun. It's a lot of climbing. Um, but, yeah, so you, I rode that whole thing, and my bearing surfaces were perfectly clean. The cassette, essentially all the gears that I used were clean, except for the gears that I didn't use collected some dust. And so I didn't even re-lube after that, and I still rode the bike for another two weeks. Never started to squeak or sound dry? Or yeah, anything like nothing that. like that. Um, you know, and this was before we kind of had the application process down. Um, it did get a little greasy, but um, I was like, I'm sold, you know, let me know what I can do to help. And that's really how we kind of got this thing off the ground, because like, I was just like, this is the game changer, this is it. Um, and, you know, it was funny, because when he approached me, I just rolled my eyes and I was like, I remember he's like, you want to try this loop? And I'm like, I got to case full of lube at home in my garage like I rolled my eyes I'm like well you're my boss yeah so I got it you know like <laughs> I need you know I got to get my raise so there you go <laughs> <laughs> um so I kind of went along with it and that's where you know so I I, I knew what we were up against because people kind of have like you know is it wet or is it dry lube is it you right, know you yeah. know people kind of have this idea of how it should work and what a loop like you know, so I knew we had a lot to overcome in that regards. I didn't know it was gonna be as challenging as it is, but it's been it's been pretty cool, especially for the people that like I finally get them to use it right. And yeah, you know, it's it's it, there is a bit of pride in it. Yeah, for sure. So, when did uh how long is it taking you to get to this point? When when did this all whole idea begin? Uh, I think he first approached me right around two thousand thirteen. Oh wow. So, so yeah, you guys been putting in some work. Yeah, and he had started working on it seven years prior to that. Dang. So, um, you know, and I we joke, but I, I kind of say, you know, he's divorced now, and I said, well, he was probably trying to escape his bad marriage and looking for an excuse to be in his garage, like coming up with a formula, you know. So, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so what is uh, what's the science behind it? What's actually inside of this lube that makes it different from other lubes out there? I mean, or makes it perform so well as good as it does. Uh, 
you know, the big thing is we use high quality ingredients. So, you know, it's no mystery, you, you know, that a high quality synthetic lubricant is not new to the world. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a, a high quality penetrant uh, is definitely not new to the world. Uh, a detergent uh, that has a lubricating property is still not new to the world, and neither is our dispersant. So, um, but what we did use was an extreme pressure additive. And so I'll kind of get back to that. So yeah, we use a high quality synthetic lubricant um, that kind of maintains its composition regardless of weather. Um, so you can, we've only field tested it to minus 16, but I had a guy in Sweden who's riding it now and I think it's negative 40. So wow. he's still, still working still, fine. He's still working fine. Um, I've personally ridden it in 110 degree temperatures. So, you know, it has a wide spectrum of, you know, it, its composition doesn't change. Um, so we use a high quality synthetic lubricant. Then we have a penetrant that gets down to a millionth of an inch, which, you know, um, chain as simple of an idea as it is, it's pretty complex and there's a lot of metal on metal friction in there. So you really need something that can penetrate into those small micro crevice areas. Um, the detergent, I thought this might be a little novel, but you know, if you, it floats the contamination out um, and then you have a dispersant which prevents readherence of contamination. Um, then what we did was the real secret sauce is the extreme pressure additive that um, was added. And what that's done is it binds the other four elements together, but then it also has an affinity for metal. So think of it like a chemical magnet. So it just wants to stay on top of the chain. And like any magnet, it attracts evenly. So when it's on the chain, it's constantly pushing itself out. So it doesn't, it won't bunch, nice. so to speak. So it, it, it stays consistent and even over the chain. Um, and then what that allows it to do is um, as you ride, the heat and friction and torque that you generate um, allows it to kind of move into new areas of the chain and really get around the bushing area and around the pin area. And then it floats any contamination out of there, such as metal shavings from the uh, manufacturing process, nice. dust, debris, anything that you pick up along the way. Um, so um, is it good to um, put it on a new chain right away to get like whatever lube they put on a new chain. I mean, will this one help? Yeah, yeah. And I would, can, would you recommend that or run the what they what? Because you know how a new chain comes kind of lubed up a little bit. Yeah, it comes with that PTFE, that kind of thick wax. Yeah. You know, and I kind of joke, you know, like you go out for your first ride and you come back with like cigarette butts attached to your chain <laughs> and a dead pigeon, you know. Dirt's like uh, yeah. flying, little greens of sand flying all over your frame. Yeah, so I, I would recommend just kind of applying right away because if you go out and you ride with that, that PTFE, that really tacky stuff, you're just embedding contamination deep into the chain. So yeah. it's, by the time you come around to using our stuff, it's just that much more work our stuff has to do, mm -hmm. but we're happy to do it either way. Um, <clears throat> well, let's, uh, let's go into the application process. How, what, how are people actually going to, uh, when you get a bottle of this, what do you do with it? So um, if you're using like a standard wet lube, I say just apply it right over the top, even if it's a little dirty or gunky, just one, um, one drop per link, uh, hit each, hit, hit each hit, excuse me, hit, hit each link and then back pedal 
20 to you know 30 times let it sit for five ten minutes if it's especially dirty maybe sit, let it sit a little longer it doesn't hurt um, but then you know grab a rag start wiping that rags gonna be pretty filthy um, yeah. you know and then you're gonna go ride you're gonna create that heat and friction as you do that contamination that was trapped in your chain is gonna get floated up to the bearing um, surface once that makes contact with your chain ring, it creates kind of like a wave effect and it pushes the contamination to the outside of the chain. And then because it has that affinity for metal and it wants to be evenly coated, it, it then retracts back onto the bearing surface, leaving the contamination on the outside of the chain. So when you get back from your ride, that contamination on the, you'll see your chain will look dirty, but if you look carefully, the bearing surfaces are clean. So you're just gonna wipe off the exterior of your chain when you get okay. back from your rides. And you're gonna do that. You wanna make a habit of that, um, but you'll have to do it less and less over time and pretty quickly. I mean, by your third ride, you've worked out most of the stuff in there. Nice. Um, so it just kinda, I say, you know, just get in the habit of wiping and then only reapply every 25 riding hours or so. Okay. Um, we, we found that, you know, as high quality as our lubricant is, the, the lubricity of it does tend to fatigue at about that 25 hour mark. And so even though you're not he hearing any of the squeakiness or there's no sound, um, you're, you still aren't riding with the crispest chain you can. So by reapplying okay. at that point, you're still keeping that smooth drivetrain. Um, for me, like one of the things I noticed was when we finally got to this last formula, was just how much better my shifting is. Like, I didn't really think, I didn't put the two together, like having a really well lubricated chain could improve the shifting. I knew having not lubricating could hinder the shifting, but I didn't know it could really improve the shifting, so. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, so that's one of the things that I, I personally noticed. I don't know what you, if you had any thoughts on that. Oh or, man, I dude, my drivetrain's quiet, shifts smooth, I love it. I'm just gonna keep running this stuff as long as I possibly can. Yeah. I love it. Uh, thank you. <clears throat> um, about how long do you think, uh, how many, how long do you think a bottle will last a person? What's the average lifespan of a bottle of this stuff? Cause that, it's a little pricier than most lubes out there. Yeah. But uh, I definitely think it lasts a lot longer. Yeah, and so that's where if you follow the instructions and you do it right, you know, uh, we think a low end estimate would be like 4,000 miles nice. per bottle, um, mountain bike miles. Um, but we have guys that are on the road who are coming back saying, oh, I did 430 miles on a single application. I had one guy come back from Europe saying he did 800, 800 something miles. I do not recommend that, you know, because <laughs> again, at some point, like, the, the chain's running clean, yeah, but you've lost some of the lubricity there at some point. You yeah. Can, you know, um, but yeah, so it, it, you could get, if you do it right and you're really conscious of it, you can make a bottle last a very long time. And I think one of the th exercises of just coming back from your ride and wiping your chain every time really kind of just makes you conscious of it. And so you, you'll begin to kind of learn when to reapply on your own. Like I, I personally, I tried a bunch of lube you know, and I'd be like, yeah, this works fine, this works fine. And then finally, I just kind of resigned myself to, I'm going to use this one lubricant. I'm going to apply it every two rides. And, you know, 
every two weeks, I'm just going to hit the solvent tank like that. I'm going to spend two hours with the solvent tank, just cleaning my drivetrain and putting it back together. And that's going to be my life from here on out. Yeah. And uh, then this stuff came along and it just kind of changed that paradigm. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's taken a little bit. Um, but to your point, like as far as if you have a new chain, one of the things we're going to come out with soon is we're calling them slicked out chains. So we're going to buy some chains in bulk. Um, we are coming out with a degreaser, and we're going to use that degreaser to pre-clean the chains, strip all the PTFE off of them, um, and then we're going to essentially give them an SCC slick bath. Okay. For, and then, um, so that way they're going to, and then repackage them, and that way they, you're, you, you're just from the go. Yep. Just put it on, and then you can ride on. for quite a while. Yeah, just yeah. Just keep wiping, wiping it off. Yeah, just wipe it off, and then, you know, you'll, you'll have to reapply lube at some point, but you're going to... Over over time, you should get a quite a long, quite a much longer life out of that chain than like a standard stock chain. Good. You were you were mentioning it can um, enhance the chain life, the life of the chain. So oh, okay, this yeah. concept of chain stretch, and we had talked about it earlier. But uh, how does SCC Slick help with the actual life? Because I know I've changed my chains out because they just kind of they kind of start stretching out or my drive chain just ain't quite shifting good and you know what I mean and so you the slick lube can actually help with this longevity of the actual life life of the chain correct yes yeah, so um, where a lot of the chain stretch comes in now I guess I should say this probably a lot for the most part a lot of my hypothesis but essentially you have you know the uh, outer link touches the inner link touches the bushing, makes contact with the roller, and then you have a pin that contact, should be contacting just the outer link and the roller. Well, that's still seven points of metal-on-metal contact, times that by two, times that by all your links. Well, as if there's contamination in there, those bushings start to wear. That will, as a, that bushing wears, it, it, it just kind of creates a gap between the bushing and the pin. Um, and so as that gap widens, it just has to widen ever so little bit, like we're talking fractions of a millimeter, well then you have to multiply that by all your links. Mm-hmm. So by keeping the contamination out of there, by keeping any metal shavings and contamination out of there, you're essentially preventing that from happening because you want to think of contamination as like a sandpaper, right? It's just like, it's just grinding and sanding away at the, um, at the but that that bushing, so as that you sand it, that bushing becomes ovalized, it gets bigger. So that's actually what creates the chain stretch, right? Like that bushing getting ovalized and getting yeah. larger, and that's why if you've ridden on a chain long chain long enough, it starts to kind of rattle. Yeah. And so um, by getting that contamination out of there, you've gotten rid of pretty much the sandpaper effect. Um, and so that's <laughs> where using a good lubricant that like ours that removes that contamination it removes the sandpaper and so it it will add life um not to say that you know there's not other things that'll create create that but i think we've we figured it out because currently i'm on that stump jumper you just saw i think i have 2600 miles on that chain wow and there's almost no stretch i'll have you check that at your shop jeez it's crazy man so um yeah it's it's been but yeah, it's been great. Like I think, I think we found something. I think I really think it's something special. I, and to be honest, like I, 
I know how tough the bike market is, and I don't think I would have even considered entering into the, the bike market business as, especially now as an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, right. or as a business owner, because, um, yeah, it, and it's just it's just hard, you know, hard margins, hard everything, but. It, with a product like what we have, I think it's really is something special and it really is value added. Like I don't have to justify the value added portion to it, to the customer, like, you know, a Trek versus a Specialized or a <clears throat> GT versus a Jameis or any any brand versus a brand, they're kind of always having to justify their value in, mm-hmm. in regards to, you know, that one has a four part linkage, ours does this, you know, yeah, and so exactly. you, you kind of almost as what we can say, no, this here it is, and it's it, even though it's a more expensive bottle of lube, it's pretty cheap for the gains that you get. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's a pretty cheap way to like improve your efficiency, improve the longevity, and just enjoy riding more. Yeah. You know, so that's been, and I think that's the big thing. Like, I dealing with customers you know, in the bike shop industry and stuff like that, you just want to be like, just pedal the damn thing, <laughs> you know, stop overthinking it. And I think we've given a product that allows that. Mm-hmm. Um, that. Yeah. So especially when you have two bikes or three bikes, you know, that's a lot of, I mean, you could spend a whole day just yeah. cleaning drivetrains. So it's nice for the people that have multiple bikes too, because they, you know, you save that time on one bike, you save that time on, all your bikes exactly yeah so yeah I, I feel like that there's a lot of value there and the reason like I uh, and honestly like the bike market itself is so tough right like it's not an easy market to enter at, with a new product you have to have flashy marketing you have to have yeah you know sponsored riders you have to like ch- if you're not changing preconceived notions then essentially you're just repackaging a project a, a repackaging a product uh so the idea is like if you're really going to bring something new to market you know it's going to be hard and and most likely it's going to be expensive and what i like about this is like chain loop and stuff it's kind of the unsexy corner of the market you know Mm -hmm. it it just most people just kind of use what they use and they you know and eventually we'd like to be like what most people just use and they rely on um perfect and kind of the the chain that doesn't make the noise is the one you want you know yeah i was going to ask you that about marketing and all this stuff is this uh have you built a business before or is this your first time learning websites and media doing things like this and social media like i mean how how's that been for you do you enjoy it is it you learning a lot i am learning a lot uh you know, everybody's like, be an entrepreneur. <laughs> I hate the word entrepreneur. <laughs> like, personally, I just, I'm like, no. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not sexy. You're up late at night. You're working on Monday. Like, we had those sample bottles I sent you. Yeah. Well, I have to hand fill those and hand put on this, the labels. Oh, yeah. And so, and what's even worse is I actually have to cut the labels out one at a time. You know, and that, you know, your neck starts to cramp because you're hunched over and you're like, yeah, this is really like sexy, you know, like, and then also the stuff like, you know, like you're saying the website, well, most like drag and drop websites, they're missing something, they need something that you, and even our website still isn't where I want it to be. So I've had to learn like HTML, you know, and just kind of like, 
Are you make you're you're building the whole website? On your yeah, own? yeah, you know, <laughs> and so, so cool. I've been, you know, on, there's all these little web other web pages if you Google like how to like write a code. So you're on all these forum boards, you know, learning how to write code and building the website, trying to get it to be somewhat professional looking. Um, and so there's a lot of little things like that, but then also we need to create some way for our dealers to be able to do automatic orders rather than calling me or emailing me. So we need to create like some sort of dealer sign-in website. Go, yeah. And so there's like all this little back-end nuance stuff that you just, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. So you just have to like really yeah. be regimented in how you approach it. Um, the social media stuff, um, it's tough because this product has become a part of me. So, mm -hmm. you know, like as, as I'm hyping stuff or I'm trying to get on Instagram and Facebook and I don't do Twitter or any of the other stuff because I've, yeah. let me just stick to a couple and then once I get good at those, I'll maybe branch out, maybe. <laughs> um, but, you know, when somebody tries to troll or, you know, it's mm, hard, yeah. you have to like separate personal feelings from it just being another product in somebody else's eyes and so there's a lot of things like that where you know you you don't want to get trapped in like a, some sort of online argument with a troll over mm -hmm. lube you know like there's better things to do with your time <laughs> um so it, it requires a lot of patience which i'm just not very good at yeah um so it's yeah, it's been very humbling, but also, I mean, along the same lines, like, it's been really cool just to have so many people offer up help. Like, I have a friend, um, Jeff and uh, Jason and um, a couple other people, but, you know, they they travel with me. I don't pay them. Like, so you know, cool, they, 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 they pay their own way to come with me to, like, shows and do demos and stuff like that and i mean they're using they're using their vacation days their spare time and so it means a lot you know you can't you're you're kind of like taken back like wow i i'd like to think i'd do this for somebody else but i don't think i would <laughs> you know and so you know you have like these really great people that kind of come out of the woodwork that you're just like wow these are some good great friends and uh and then also like one of our sales guys tim you know he tried the product and you know he was sold on it and now you know he's helping us out and he's kind of our utah arizona he's kind of our only sales rep for the time being but nice. you know he's really passionate about it he keeps you know keeps me on keeps me on task so there's a lot of a lot of people out there and a lot that you just like wow i no man's an island you know yeah. nobody can do this exactly. on their own and so it's just nice to see people reach out and um offer up help where they can and yeah you can go out of their way so so cool man uh how'd you guys come up with the business model as far as uh purchasing i know that you're really passionate about getting this in the bike shops uh was there thought of doing it direct like just your own online store um or was it from the beginning you had to get this in bike shops and do the do it that way I so mean, yeah from my time of working at a bike shop i kind of knew that that was the way to go because one, nobody's going to be like up at 10 o'clock at night going, gee, I could really go for a new 
chain loop, let me Google this or, you know. <laughs> so getting that direct to sales, the direct to customer was, it's not very plausible as where if I can get a bike shop on my side, get the mechanics to use and love the stuff, get the mechanics to sell the salespeople on using it and then offer good margins, then, you know, the salespeople will be my advocate and supporting that bike shop will support me. So that, that's been pretty much my primary focus because I know that, you know, if you're going to try a new product like a new chain loop, it first has to be recommended to you in some format and what better person to recommend that to you than your local bike shop. And then you have to have had used it before. So perfect. The bike shop facilitates that. And maybe by your like third time needing to buy a new bottle, you'll go online, you know, I mean, we've had better than I thought success with the direct to customer. Um, I'm a little shocked by that, but people just, you know, being those people that are like, yeah, want a new chain loop and hmm. throwing down the money and having me ship it out to them, you know. Um, so are you still selling it on your website? Can people go to your website and buy it, purchase it? Yeah, they can. Okay. Uh, so, and that will always be available, but it's always going to be at full MSRP. We're in, Perfect. We're, yep. And that's kind of our objective is to keep online sales so that a bike shop doesn't lose a sale to like an Amazon undercutting them or something like that. Perfect. So yeah, we I really like want to control that online market and make it so that the bike shops just want to sell our product and pump it out, um, get them behind us. Because uh, again, by supporting them, they're supporting us. And it, it's also just, they're, they're the best advocate, you know, and I've, I'm a firm believer in that. And yeah, that, that's been my goal since the beginning. and. You know, it, it's been a little challenging at times to not just say, oh, let's just cut the price and go direct to consumer and mm-hmm. just throw in the towel. And But I know that this model will be sustainable. So if we are to be successful, this will be the best way to be successful. Yeah. Um, so that's that's been my drive from the beginning. So. I like it, man. Um, I was going to ask you a little bit about, about yourself. How, did, uh, how long have you been riding? How did you get into bikes and uh, what... Uh, you you currently live in Salt Lake City. Yes, yes. Born and raised there, or uh, I was just a little bit of. Born in Southern California, I grew up out there. Um, we lived in Thousand Oaks, which is a small town just outside of uh, L.A., uh, smaller. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, we had a little BMX park down the street that we would just go ride and crash our bikes and build stupid jumps on. It was more Perfect. of just like an empty lot. Um, and that's really where, you know, we kind of got started doing it. And I, of course, in high school, I stopped riding a bike cause I got a driver's license. And then, yeah. um, when I came out to Utah for college, uh, saw these mountains. And so I bought a bike and, um, this family down the street from where I was living in park city, uh, they have three brothers, uh, Kevin, Jason, and Randy, um, they really got me into riding, um, and that was great. And so I, but then I was transitioning to a new college down Salt Lake. And at that time, like when you're kind of on your own and you're a poor college student, you can't really afford 
ride a bike too much, you know, just rubber alone will yeah. set you back your monthly meals. So <laughs> exactly. I kind of took a sabbatical there for a bit, but then um, I got a job at the bicycle center in Salt Lake. And uh, there I met this guy named Jason, who like, he just has one of those personalities that like, whatever he's into, you just want to be into. <laughs> um, and so he really like, got me into road riding and got me into racing criteriums and you know so I but I'd also raced um, quite a few mountain bike races um, I even did some downhill races crashed pretty bad so I hung up that nice. um, and just kind of went to focus on road racing and you know traveled the country traveled the world race riding riding and racing my bike so that really? was a wow. lot of fun um, that is cool and so yeah it was it's been a really rewarding experience. Um, a little lonely at times, just because you know, like, you're on your own quite a bit. But it's good. Like, a, yeah. and I, I really think everybody should ride a bike. If yeah, I believe it. There's enough, I think, disciplines out there where you can kind of find your niche. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, with enduro and cross country and road riding. Yeah. yeah. And I really like with the enduro scene. I did my, my one and only. Well, my first uh, enduro this past summer, and I gotta say, like they figured it out. They cracked the code. <laughs> like, it's a way, like you know, you're kind of riding slow on the uphills, chatting with your buddies, getting to the, from stage to stage, and then kind of take a little bit of break, and you go to the next stage, kind of at your own pace, and you get that, you get the adrenaline of racing in these bursts, and then you get like the camaraderie and like just being out there for fun and so I really have to say like they they figured it out with yeah. the whole enduro scene okay uh, where was your first and where would you race uh it was in Ely Nevada tears fears and beers I think is oh, what nice. it's called yeah yeah um I it was definitely like I just showed up with you know my baggy shorts and a helmet and thinking that was all I needed and I see everybody else with like elbow pads and like full <laughs> face and I was like oh I might be in over my head <laughs> that's cool man did you enjoy it though yeah no it was a lot of fun and everybody was great and you know it, it was funny because when we were transitioning from like after the fourth stage we had to transition across town to get to the other side of the valley for the last few stages uh-huh. and we stopped for lunch and I was just like nervous and anxious just because I'd never done a race where you get to just like take a break you know like you're grab your feedback go you know you never you're never sitting around for too long and everybody there was just like relax man it's cool like (laughs) stages aren't going anywhere you know so it was like oh yeah I can actually enjoy my weekend and race you know so it was it's really cool like it what's um what's your favorite discipline on a bike what do you what do you enjoy riding most um, anything where I don't crash on it, it just depends on the day. You know, I've got my road bike, I've got my cross country, and I've got my enduro bike. Well, my stump jumper, I call it my enduro bike. But, um, you know, I, uh, just whatever is available to me that day, you know, nice. I just, you know, hitting 40, you kind of like, well, just need to learn to be patient and like, yeah. enjoy suffering on some days and enjoy the downhill on other days and you don't look that old dude oh thanks it's insane <laughs> I thought you were 25 I don't know I'm close to that so <laughs> that's so cool 
Well, right on, man. Is there is there anything else you want to add or? Uh, no, you know, like, thank you for allowing me to be on, and thank you for bringing me out because you know, this has been cool and, um, and really, just the customer education piece. You know, like, go to our website if you have any questions. Feel free. My number's on the website. Call me if you have any questions um, regarding an application. You can email me. Um, we want to be available to. I want to be available to our customers as much as possible because right now we're in such a an infancy phase that like if there's some way that we can quicken the learning curve for everybody and somebody can help me with that, I'm mm-hmm. all ears. And if there's a problem with the product, if you know, I know you know some people don't like our bottle right now, so we're working on improving that. And, oh, okay, cool. Um, so there's little things like that where we're just like, okay, you know, back to the drawing board on this, but it's nothing we can't fix for the future. And yeah. I want to get it to a point where it, it, it's, it's just quality through and through for the whole client experience, customer experience. Because if we do get to the point where we have 5, 10, 15 employees, then it becomes, there's going to be a little bit of bureaucracy. There's going to be a little bit of mundaneness there. And so it's gonna be harder to change things as we're right now. It's really easy, so please, if you have any questions, like, yeah, feel free to call or comments or anything, call, email, text, yeah. Perfect, man, I like it. Um, right on, Viva, that, that uh, will wrap it up, and thank you for coming out. Hope you enjoy your stay. Sorry it's snowing, because yeah. it's... <laughs> I just wanna be able to see the town for <laughs> You come on a day, it's snowing. Uh, I'll put all your information in the description in the show notes. That way people could just go there, check it out. Sweet. But uh, We'll come up to Salt Lake. Take yeah. some rides out there for sure. Yeah, I try to every year. I try to hit the Park City Scott Enduro Cup if they have it there again this year. So right, I've been racing cool. that last couple of years, and I'll yeah. hit you up and yeah. go for a ride. I got a place for you to stay if you need it. So. Awesome, dude. Really appreciate it. Yeah. All right, people. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later on.